Welcome to the Gorgeous Strength Podcast. I'm Kayleen Smith, founder of GoTime Training, inspirational speaker, fitness expert, and lifestyle coach. Each week, I will bring you an idea or special guest that will help you bust through your barriers, get motivated, and live the life you love. Get ready to take your life to the next level to finally achieve your wildest dreams and radiate with magnetic energy every day. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Welcome back to the Gorgeous Strength Podcast, everybody. I am so excited to have Renine with Fleet Feet here with me today. Renine, thank you for being on. Thanks so much for having us on. Yes. So there are so many things about you that I love and I admire. And I think your story, we could just talk forever because there's so many elements to your story. But I first want to start with, you're obviously not from here. (laughs) Exactly. Let's address the accent first. (laughs) I love the accent. Tell us your journey to the States. Yeah, thanks so much for asking. Um, I do get a lot of questions about that. So um, I grew up in a town called Christchurch, um, or city, I should say, um, in the South Island of New Zealand. And that is important to distinguish that it's the South Island, not the North Island. Just like Wichita is very east and west, New Zealand is very north and south. So I'm a South Islander. Let's get that straight from the beginning. So I grew up down there. My fitness journey is a little bit interesting because I was actually um, born um, with a congenital foot deformity. So right from birth, I did have toes on my right foot, but they pretty much decided they needed to be amputated pretty much straight away. So I actually grew up my whole life kind of having um, not necessarily the normal sort of physique, um, and that was a little bit of a challenge in terms of, you know, well, how do you how do you be active when you can't, you know, just go to the store and buy normal shoes and things like that. So I actually was, um, I used to have to have the, the government actually make me shoes. I was the first person that I'd ever had who had sort of like a physical um, limitation who wanted to be active. So my first shoes were sort of like boots. Um, they had no flexibility to them and I would be clunking around in these things, trying to be active and do everything that my brothers did because that's, you know, the family I grew up with two brothers and, you know, it's just always outside and rough and tumble and all that good stuff. And um, so it was just a little bit unique for me having, having that start. So, okay, at what age? That was at birth that your toes were amputated? Absolutely. So right from birth, which I think has been really a blessing for me because I've never known any other way. So this really is just the way it is. Um, So yes, toes supposedly are important for balance and things like that. Um, But for me, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to have to learn to do things a little bit differently. Um, But I don't want it to hold me back. And uh, my parents, you know, they did a really great job with not letting me feel sorry for myself um, and really encouraging me and pushing me to do everything um, that anybody else would do as well. Um, And I was very lucky to have, you know, very supportive family, um, no issues in school and things like that with bullying and things like that. So everyone was actually pretty supportive of me, um, although it was a little bit different for sure. Yeah, I love that. So you know that I'm all about mindset and really creating the life that you want to live. And so many of us have obstacles in our life that we let hold us back. And some of them are nowhere near not having toes, right? 
<laughs> yeah, and so it is one of those things for sure because it was from birth. It's just been, you know, it's like I sh- like you said, it's the mindset. It's just like let's get on with it. Let's not let it be holding us back. Maybe it's a cool way to connect with other people. And like you said, everyone's going through something. And I really don't share this to try and say, oh, I've got more going on than you do because everybody's got a lot going on. So I don't actually even talk about it a whole lot. In fact, I feel like I may have even just sprung this on you, Kayleen. You totally but, uh, did because how many times <laughs> have we met and spoke and I didn't even know this about you. And I think I know that you're not saying this and sharing this as a feel sorry for me, oh, woe is me story, um, or even like give me praise story. I know you're not sharing it for those reasons, but I think I'm so glad that you brought it up because it shows that even you, you know, we'll get into the fact that you're a woman business owner, that I love that about you, that you build such a huge community and you're a runner, but even you, somebody that looks like they just have it all together, has had their obstacles in life too. You know, we we all amplify our, our obstacles and we think, this is going to delay me or hold me back or I can't do what I want to do because of X, Y, and Z. And everybody's troubles are almost equally as troublesome. It's the mindset that makes us go forward or hold ourselves back. So let's transition a little bit into running. Um, How did you, you said earlier, you didn't grow up with the ideal physique. What do you mean by that? Well, just meaning that, um, just um, physical, you know, obviously with my body being a little bit different, I wasn't necessarily born to just be a runner, but it's something that I was interested in. I was actually a competitive swimmer is what I did. So I was always fairly athletic. We did spend a lot of time outside. We ate lots of great meals around the family table. Um, So pretty much that kind of stereotypical kind of Kiwi upbringing. We're very outdoorsy kind of people, kind of no fuss, just kind of get on with it. That's sort of how the kind of New Zealand attitude is a little bit. So lots of outdoor hiking for family vacations and things like that. Um, Loved swimming, kind of reached a point where I just wasn't getting uh, much better. And so I'm a competitive person. I said, okay, let me find something else where I can be better at. Um, So I transitioned into what we call athletics, which is basically track and field, um, and started doing that. And so it's interesting, where I grew up, um, we do everything through a club system. So it's not really involved with your school. So actually... um, Maybe you'd race for your school once a year, but um, people pretty much didn't know that I was a runner. So I had a lot of um, teachers my senior year of high school say, hey, what are you going to be doing next year? And I was fortunate enough to get some recruiting letters from the United States, which is how I moved across on a student visa for an athletic opportunity. And I said, hey, I'm actually going to go run. I said, well, they call it track and field, but, you know, I'm going for athletics in the United States. And they were like, oh, you're a runner, huh? And so... My teachers had no idea either. Now I did go to a very large high school. Um, but it's just one of those things. Again, it's a little bit different culturally as well. You don't talk a lot about sort of what you do and what you've accomplished. You actually kind of keep that a little bit on the on the down low. Um, so that was actually a huge adjustment for me, being able to confidently talk about here's what I'm doing and here's something I've done well because it was really hard for me to do that without feeling like I was boasting or being arrogant or having a big ego and things like that. It was just quite a big shift to be able to talk about things positively um, and not just minimize everything that I was involved with. So what was your biggest change coming over to the state? 
Definitely the food. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so? so I was rescru- recruited to a school in um, Los Angeles. So, you know, when you get letters and it says LA, you know, you really think that you're moving to Los Angeles instead of Louisiana. I'm sorry. So I still get confused <laughs> by it. So I, I really, in my mind, I thought I was moving to Los Angeles because it kept saying LA. And I thought that's so cool. Um, I ended up moving to a school at McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, so Division One, a little bit smaller conference. Um, so Kayleen, you're probably going to be shocked by this. I was running track. Um, so very active, you know, two-a-day workouts, all that jazz. I gained 25 pounds my freshman year just because of all the food. Um, So that was something I really noticed was actually just a sort of bombardment of food cues. I really had never thought about food a whole lot growing up. Like it just wasn't something, you know, obviously you need food to survive, but it really wasn't something I thought about like, well, what am I eating and how much am I eating? When am I going to eat it? Like it was always sort of taken care of just with my family. And obviously they just provided like very well-balanced meals and it just wasn't a big deal. So I never really thought about it. And then I moved and sort of now it was all on me to kind of organize my nutrition. And I just knew nothing about it. And I just didn't really understand like portion size. I was totally overwhelmed by like the choices as well because you know in New Zealand the cereal aisle you know you're gonna have like I don't know the brain and and like maybe like a couple of sugary cereals but you know maybe you've got four or five options you know not like a whole aisle so the same thing for like everything so it was sort of overwhelming to see like the amount of choices and the variety and then you kind of want to try everything because it's all so new and cool and and then 25 pound happened pretty fast (laughs) and that's 25 pounds for somebody that went to school for track and field that was so active doing two-a-day workouts think of the people there's so many people that we see at go time training that were athletes in high school and possibly even college and they're very much like you, where they're working out really hard, sometimes two, two a days. They didn't have to watch their nutrition. And then they go to a sedentary lifestyle, like they have to grow up and have responsibilities and a job. And they hit a sedentary lifestyle and they're like, you know, they're used to all of these foods that we have. You weren't. And 25 pounds comes on them so quickly and it's hard to change. Absolutely. So I ended up transferring to a school, um, University of Tulsa. Absolutely had an amazing experience there. Um, Ended up meeting my husband, which is really cool as well. That experience was a little bit different for me because I was really surrounded with a much more kind of top tier program. Um, There's definitely a lot more athletic um, expectation, um, which was cool. I mean, this was absolutely what I was geared to. What I really noticed and something that was really, um, really hard to sort of be around was just a lot of ladies really struggling with what I would sort of describe as more disordered sort of eating, more some unhealthy eating habits. Um, So that's something that um, is definitely very um, prevalent, unfortunately, in competitive sports. Um, There's a lot of pressure to stay really in shape um, and on top of everything. Um, And a lot of the pressure can just be from the individual in terms of just performance as well. Um, So it was just really eye-opening to be around that. So so it went from one extreme to another in terms of what I was surrounded by. So all of a sudden I was pretty conscious of my weight and, you know, I'm a pretty tall lady and, you know, I was always sort of half-heartedly joked that I was the you know, the overweight one on the, on the cross country team at 125 pounds and I'm five, nine, you know, but that's sort of how I felt comparing myself to some of my teammates. You know, I was a little bit, um, just more 
just had a little bit more on me, I guess. So you, you said something earlier, you said performance, and you talked about the differences in the food from New Zealand to the States. Did you see a change in your performance when you started eating the amounts of food and the kinds of food that we have here versus when you were back home? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely it was just more like how you feel like throughout the day. I mean, you're only working out, even if you're working out twice a day, it's not, you know, you want to, you want to feel good throughout the whole day. So that's really more what I noticed was with my nutrition. It's not that it absolutely like impacted my time so much. It was just more like, I didn't feel that great. I didn't feel that energized. I felt a little sort of sluggish and I didn't feel that great about myself as well. So that's probably more the, the connection I felt. I mean, obviously there's a lot of research behind nutrition and performance. Um, and that's definitely more what we got into um, at my next school was really thinking about what we're putting inside our bodies. But I think for me, the first thing I just noticed was just that I didn't feel that great. For sure. So I want to get back to running, but one of the things that I wanted to ask you about too is you went through our nutrition program and Mm -hmm. this is years after school, but you're still very active. You probably don't do two days anymore, but I know you run. I know you run because you built such an amazing community with your Fleet Feet community. Uh, How did the nutrition program that you went through with Go Time Training open your eyes or educate you in a way that you haven't been educated yet? Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things that I wish I'd had it earlier because it's just, I found it to be so practical. And I know people can get a little intimidated before starting a program because they think, am I going to understand it? Or, you know, is it going to be too intense for me? Um, It was just like really sort of common sense things, a really common sense approach um, that nobody had just ever told me before. You know, so it just made a lot of sense for me. And so what I really like about um, the program um, and also about your philosophy on nutrition in general is that it's just so sustainable. I am not a fan of one and done, really intense and then quick results. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're ballooning back up, all that kind of back and forth yo-yo stuff out there. I'm really just a fan. And that's how we view fitness as well, is we want it to be something that's somewhat enjoyable for people. Um, I always joke that I hope that people maybe don't hate running quite as much as they maybe thought they would. I never say they're going to love it because most people do not. Um, But, you know, we want it to be something that is sustainable for you. And that's what I love about your guys's nutrition approach is that it really is sustainable. You're not in a state of deprivation. You're not craving things. Um, but you're just really training yourself to just eat moderately, you know, and just with common sense. So for me personally, the biggest take home was definitely water, um, drinking lots of water. Um, I was super guilty of not doing a whole lot of that. And I've just been so determined to, be accomplishing that. And man, I feel a lot better, you know, so just such a simple thing, but you know, I needed that little kick up the butt that you guys gave me. So that it's was incredibly those helpful. Little shifts, like really it's those little shifts. Something as simple as water will totally change your energy. Um, and for somebody like you, that's running, it will fuel your runs. And you spoke about it earlier when you were training, in college and eating all of our delicious American food, how you're doing two-a-days, you're working out really hard, but you just don't feel right. And that's the first sign. That's like a red light in your car saying, wake up, something's going on, you need to make a change. And most often it's either nutrition, which includes water, or nutrition, sleep, hydration, mindset, exercise. 
those five things, and those are the components that we really like to teach. So um, let's let's transition back to running since we're still talking about nutrition a little bit. You mentioned in Oklahoma when you were in college there, you saw your first experience of somewhat disordered eating. Do you, and, and maybe just body disorders, body image disorders, do you feel like you started to have that? I feel like it was a really strong temptation. Um, I think actually what saved me from being really tempted by that um, was a little bit to do with the fact that I had a few injuries. I think had I been healthier as an athlete um, and more on that cusp of that really high performance, that it definitely could have been a road that I would have fallen into. Um, And I don't want to say that, I don't want to describe it really as a choice because, you know, I had so many dear teammates who really struggled um, with things like that. Um, And I really think a lot of it is, you know, you're kind of caught up in this really hyper competitive environment. Um, And so sort of in that moment, it doesn't necessarily feel like such a conscious choice for me. It did a little bit because I had a lot of actual injuries, um, which was just, you know, I was in school at a time where injury prevention really wasn't like that hot focus that it is now. Right now, we're training so much smarter. When I was in college, um, you know, we're talking a, a few years ago now. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna age myself, but yeah, we're few, the same age, uh, so don't call me out either. <laughs> so I'm not calling you out. Um, it was really a little bit more. The attitude was kind of grit on through, just kind of push on through. Um, so I didn't listen to my body. I didn't listen to some of those signals, um, and really push myself a little bit too hard, um, and broke down a little bit. Um, so I'm very passionate, um, talking with middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults about injury prevention and about how to keep your working out really a healthy part of your life, but not have it, you know, becomes so intense that you're breaking down because then that's not fun. And then you feel terrible about yourself and it becomes this, you know, little cycle. Um, and we, we want to avoid that for sure. So unfortunately I sort of lived that a little bit. Um, but I think that ultimately helped me Kayleen was not just not really ever being so healthy and so great with my performances that I was tempted to sort of push that limit a little bit. I also sort of saw a bigger picture, um, which um, my coach always sort of joked with me about. He's like, you know that you're going to graduate and you're going to go off on this life and get married to Joel because we were engaged at that point. Like I already sort of saw that next step as well, which was really helpful for me. Um, I wasn't just only all consumed with the current experience. So it's sort of looking to the future a little bit as well. you would do for it. 
you would deprive yourself so much of food or your body would be aching so bad from a workout, but you had to work out again that next day. Um, and it's just, I love that you're trying to educate people from even a young age to people that are just now getting started in fitness on how to train smart. It's not training every single day. It's truly listening to your body. Absolutely. So your college experience obviously has transitioned you into your career now, right? You have such a love for running and building a community. And now you and Joel own part of a franchise called Fleet Feet here in Wichita. Yeah. So Fleet Feet's a national franchise run specialty stores that are locally owned and operated. So pretty much wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can be guaranteed pretty much there's going to be a Fleet Feet um, somewhere down the road from you guys. Um, And Fleet Feet's in general, we're super passionate about making fitness accessible to everybody. Um, And that may sound kind of weird. Like, what do you mean everybody? I mean, we're not just for hardcore people who are already running a bunch of miles. Um, We really are passionate about getting people moving who've never had that experience before, who've never felt comfortable moving, who've never had those amazing life-changing, truly life-changing experiences of getting moving. So when, when we talk about helping people, you know, find fitness and, and it doesn't need to be running. Okay. So yes, we're a running store. Yes. We love running. Um, we totally recognize, um, a lot of people do not. So probably half the people who come in our stores are looking for gear for other sports. And that's totally cool. We want people to be active and moving, whatever it is that you're doing. So let me just throw that out there. Um, but really it's about getting people to, to feel good. I mean, you see the changes in people when they, are moving, they start feeling good about themselves, the self-esteem, they feel like they can accomplish something. Um, And so, you know, I always wonder like, gosh, wow, imagine if we'd found this person, if they'd found fitness 10 years ago, you know, what a change that would have been for their family. What I love to see is how it trickles down the whole family unit. So I'm actually a social worker by training. So I'm always sort of thinking about the whole family and it's a really amazing to see how when one person in the family decides to take this fitness journey, how very quickly all the rest of the family is impacted in a real positive way. Um, and then specifically seeing children moving as well is just like such a cool thing. Um, I have a couple of little ones myself, um, and it's actually pretty shocking to see in general how sedentary we're sort of becoming um, as a society. So that's something that I just sort of weighs on me a lot. You know, how can we make moving just sort of what we do? Not that it's this massive ordeal and, you know, but just more like how can we get families moving, walking through the neighborhoods? How can we just slow down a little bit? Um, And it's a challenge. I mean, you know, business owner, you know, young children, absolutely. We're flying in a million different directions. So it's really important for us to, to practice, you know, that as well. And it's challenging. I mean, I feel that every day you really have to carve that time out um, and also try and make changes with your lifestyle, like you mentioned, that are very simple but very intentional. So whether it's something like taking a walk after or before dinner, you know, you don't have to leave your house, you know, drive anywhere to go and do this. 
but hey, what a cool habit or routine that you could start doing. And then what's cool with kids is, you know, you sort of just do it enough and then they just sort of say, oh, this is just the way it is. This is just what we do. So then they don't even necessarily think about it as working out. It's just like, yeah, we go for a walk after dinner. This is just what our family does. And it's kind of a cool way to, to visit with each other and just get some fresh air and get moving. Yeah, and I think one thing that we need to get back to as a society is just playing. You've got kids. You see how they play outside and they have fun. Why do we, when we get older and we have responsibilities, quit playing? And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, just going for a walk. That's one thing my husband and I have started doing now after dinner. In the wintertime, I find myself always after dinner sitting on the couch, snacking, So I put on those few winter pounds, which I think most of us do. And then like everybody, I want to take them off for the summer. And one thing that I vowed to myself this year is I'm going to move my body more. And I'm really going to love the exercise that I do. Um, So after dinner now, to avoid that snacking and live according to my vow of moving more, we go for a walk. And we, we don't have kids, but we have a dog. And we take the dog for a walk and we watch the dog play and we play with the dog. And before you know it, you're moving more and in ways that just make you feel so much better and bring you so much more energy than you've ever had. Um, And a walk will lead to a run, will lead to lifting weights, will lead to more than you ever thought you can imagine. But you have to start small. It's small steps every single day. Oh, absolutely. I love that you're doing that. That's so neat. And what I always notice too is once you start doing little things like that, then when you get home from that walk, you don't necessarily want to go just plop down on that couch. You're kind of like inspired and kind of energized. You're thinking, okay, maybe I'll start that task or, or in my case, do the dishes or whatever is, you know, waiting for me. But um, yeah, it just sort of creates that much more healthy kind of evening as well. Yeah, I definitely don't want to snack after a walk. It's like my cue to myself that, hey, you're done eating. You just did something good for yourself. Now the rest of the evening is is done, like no more eating. So if anybody needs a cue, there's a cue for you. Okay, I want to know, since you love running, and really the foundation, I feel, of Fleet Feet is you guys build such an amazing community of runners here in Wichita, and I'm sure all the Fleet Feet throughout the world do the same thing, but a lot of the people that come to you don't run. They're just starting a program. So what are a few tips that you would give to somebody just starting out? They want to run for whatever reason. What are the tips you would give them? That is such a good question. Thank you so much for asking. We see that pretty much every day on our fitting stool. So when people come in to, to get gear and things like that and we really view it as such a responsibility Um, when people are just starting to get moving you know it's such a precious time and it's so important that we have a really good approach to it to keep people moving Um, because I feel like I hear a lot of people say I've tried this before whatever sport it was I did it for a couple of weeks and then it didn't work for me and so I feel like it's just like this really really kind of time sensitive deal where we want to get to talk with people I think the first thing is always actually goal setting um, and just sort of being realistic with expectations Um, so oftentimes we hear you know a lot of well I really want to 
get running. That's my goal. It's my New Year's resolution. I've never run before. I'm doing it this year. I'm I'm a runner, um, and so we like to delve in a little more and say, okay, well, what what is actually that? Is that doing a, a 5K? Is that that you want to do a half marathon? And let's sort of break that down a little bit more and, and really figure out how you're going to do that successfully, because otherwise, um, something we see a ton of, unfortunately. And I think it's pretty normal is that people go really hard, really intense, really quickly, and then it's just not sustainable. And then people have a not so great experience with working out and sort of decide it's not for them. And I agree, it wouldn't be for anybody if you did it that intensely. So what we'd like to really help people do is sort of kind of hash out a bit of a plan. Okay, so your you're 5Ks in 10 weeks. Okay, so let's talk about rest days. And people often say, wow, like I should be taking a day off. Almost like sometimes we view working out as sort of punishment, um, which I really don't ever like to see it that way. Um, but people sometimes when they work out with such intensity, they think, oh, even if I'm hurting, I've got to keep pushing or it's not going to count unless I do it every single day. Um, yeah. It's not and fun at all. It's not and it's not sustainable and it's really not healthy for you. So I I think I probably surprise people when I tell them that I normally try and work out three to four days a week. Um that's pretty much what I do. And they look at me and go, Oh no, you must be running a hundred miles a week and I say, Absolutely not. Like that wouldn't feel good to me. Like that I know my body, like that's not what I wanna do right now. I wanna feel good, I wanna feel energized, um, but I don't want it to completely take over my life either. So it's sort of finding that balance. So the first thing is really make a bit of a goal. Um, the next thing would really be to kind of get your family on board with that goal. Um, what I mean by that is be realistic about when you can work out. Um, so, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do five times a week, but then never really deciding what time of the day that's going to be. You're really not setting yourself up for success. You've got to carve out that time and you've got to be pretty protective of that time um, because, you know, everybody's got a boss, everybody's got family things going on, you know, things will creep in. And so the more you can really dedicate those times and be very protective of those times, um, the better. Um, and then your sort of friend, family and friends know not to ask you out for dinner at that time because that's your sort of workout time. Um, and then they're really sort of encouraging you on that journey as well. So you want to really just be super protective of that workout time. Um, another massive um, tip I would have would be just to slow down. Um, Again, a real common thing we see is people just running and moving way too quickly. Um, when you run faster, you just put more stress on your body, okay? It's a higher impact. So running is a high-impact sport. So that's something we hear a lot of, okay, my knees, my shins, my hips, you know, how do I stop all this from hurting? A really easy way to put less stress on your body is just to actually slow down your pace, just to put less stress on your body through that range of motion. Um, of course, there's lots of other things you can do with your biomechanics and things like that. The easiest thing to do is just to simply slow down. So, you know, there's all these um, cheesy quotes you'll see on Facebook. Um, one of my favorites um, is sort of, you'll see a lot of different iterations of it, but basically, you know, 18 minutes or eight minutes, a mile is still a mile. And I really appreciate that. It's basically saying, you know, it doesn't matter what your pace is. Um, I talk with our beginner groups a lot about this. The most important thing is that we show up. 
and we celebrate that we're showing up and that we're lacing up and that we get to do this. You know, not everybody can be moving. So it is a pretty cool thing to, to be able to do. Um, so not to see it as like a negative, oh, i got to go work out, but like, hey, we actually get to do this. This is kind of cool. Um, but we do want to slow that pace down. It can become very overwhelming to people if they try and move too quickly because it just isn't something that's sustainable. So slowing it down is important. If you can, um, actually do some run-walk intervals. Um, so yes, we're a running store and here I am telling you to walk. Absolutely. And I do the same thing. Um, it puts less stress on your body. It also keeps you motivated. If you think, okay, I've got two minutes of, I'm going to run for or three minutes or until that lamppost or that tree or whatever landmark you want to use. And then I'm giving myself that carrot and that carrot is that walk break. You're going to be able to keep on going for longer, um, which is really important as well. You know, we talk about the workouts being, you know, about that 30 minute mark, you know, it's better to get that 30 minutes in of running and walking than to get eight minutes of really intense running in and then being done. Right. So before you go to the next tip, I want to, I want to say a few things. So from a weight loss perspective, when you slow down or when you're running fast, when you're putting more stress on your body, those are the runners that I see, or not just runners, those are just the people exercising that I see that are working so hard, pushing, 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 but they can never lose weight. And they can't lose weight because the more stress you put on your body, the higher you raise your cortisol levels, which when your cortisol levels are high, your body does not want to do what you want it to do. It doesn't want to lose weight. It's going to hold on to everything because it's just a breakout mode. So slowing down in all areas of life is so, so, so important. Okay, so what's your next tip? <laughs> um, the last tip really would just be gear check. And that's basically just investing in your success. So when you're running, when you're moving, having cushioning, having support, having things fitting you properly just makes a humongous impact. So that would just be my, my final tip was make sure you're going and talking with somebody, an expert in this, who is going to help you find the right gear. So you are staying encouraged and motivated as well. When I'm talking about the right gear, not just shoes, but actually injury prevention as well. We talked a little bit earlier about training smart. That's so important. So, you know, we can, you know, learning stretches, making sure you're doing stretches after you're done, making sure you're doing a dynamic warm-up before you get going. So just really thinking about moving and not just, you know, that, that 30 minutes that you're running, but the little bit beforehand and afterwards and throughout the day as well. And that's really, really, really important. So we always want to check in with you as far as your gear, making sure you're really just set up for success there as well. Um, because like I mentioned, it's really common for people in any sport to get to about week three or four and their body's kind of giving them some kickback. And I will say as well, um, obviously I'm not a medical professional. You do need to listen to your body and it is a little bit of trial and improve a little bit sometimes in terms of figuring out what's normal aches and pains and what's something that's actually more serious going on. So we never want to disregard any of those, you know, transmissions we're getting as far as, you know, this is kind of hurting or this is what's going on. But I always do want to forecast to people that it is normal to have a few aches and pains as we move from a very sedentary lifestyle 
to more of an active lifestyle. Um, I heard a cool quote once, something like, um, we um, spend 20 years getting out of shape, but then we want to be in shape in, you know, two weeks or something like that. So, so know that it does take your body, that it is normal for your body to take a little bit to, to adjust to that new workout regime. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything wrong. Um, it just means that you're moving and actually moving is a really great thing. So it's just really working out how to reduce and minimize any of that sort of discomfort or those sore muscles and things like that. Um, and just keep you on track for success. Um, and then also knowing like when you should check in with your physician and your, you know, your health team as well. Um, cause that's really important as well. You know, your body the best, better than anybody. And so we talk about that a lot, you know, well, here are things that we look for, but you tell me what's going on because you know, this is you and you know, you. Absolutely. So we have, um, in true Wichita style, we're located out east um, at 21st and Greenwich, and we're out west at 25th and May. So one east store, one west store. Because we don't cross uh, boundaries here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I actually live in the middle, so I stay neutral, guys. Um, and then you can also check us out on our website, which is just fleetfeetwichita.com. So we just encourage you guys, any questions about fitness, getting moving, gear, all of that, just pop on in for a chat. I mean, that's what our, our team is there for. Um, and we absolutely love talking to everybody about your fitness journey. I mean, we're there to be that sort of cheerleader and supporter for you as well. So we just love hearing from people and how they're doing and how things are going. So just pop on in whenever you would like to, to talk training and fitness. That's what we're here for. Well, thank you so much, Renine, for being on today and sharing your journey with the listeners. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you and the gift you've given to our listeners. You guys, if you love this episode, make sure you share it and please take a moment to leave me a five-star review. Until next time, make today something you will be proud of tomorrow.